Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Harvesting you. Nourishing mama joy. It's time to harvest you. Let's nourish our mama joy by living big and loving bigger. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Teresa, and in this episode, we're talking about challenging kids. Let's get started and harvest you. Welcome to our podcast. This podcast is sponsored by A2D, Addicted to Dance Company. Check us out on the web, a2dance.com. We're growing foundation, giving back to our community, and changing lives is our mission. I found, I always found that other mothers and other people who didn't have a challenging situation, and it doesn't matter what the challenge is, it could be health, it could be a living circumstance, it could be, you know, anything. If, if there wasn't anything that was a little shaky, then they people couldn't understand, relate, and would make assumptions about my child and how to motivate him. Because you couldn't give him candy. He didn't eat a piece of candy until he was five. You couldn't motivate him with the M&Ms that they gave out in preschool. You couldn't motivate him with, you know, going on a ride. He, he doesn't go on rides. He didn't like to be... I took him on a... Merry-go-round once, screaming, never gone back on one, will not go back on one, will not go on any ride except bumper cars. That's it. You can't motivate him the way that most people assume you can motivate Mm -hmm. kids. He doesn't want ice cream. Mm -hmm. He doesn't like ice cream. He doesn't want cake. He doesn't want, you know, all that stuff. He doesn't like pizza. He doesn't like any of that stuff. He eats his food from home. I make every meal for him. I've always made every meal for him. I pack his food wherever we go. And that's what he likes. That's what he likes. And guess what, mamas? That's normal. There is no box that is a, is a, oh, we all have to be this, or we have to reach this status, or act like the Joneses, or live up to this, or live up to that. To each his own. And every kid is different. And you don't have to be like everyone else. You don't have to force your child to be like everyone else because because they're not exactly like all the other kids because they don't want the M&M. Like, Jack would get the M&M because he wanted to know what color he would randomly get. He was delighted by, like, ooh, I got a green one. Mm -hmm. And then he would give it to the kid sitting next to him. So he was popular because he'd always give away his snacks and his candy and stuff. And he still does. He gives away all the chocolate he gets at Halloween to other friends he knows that like chocolate. Yeah. I, but still, it's just, he. it's different. And it's okay because there are other things that are spectacular about your child. That yep. if you try to fit those things in a box, 
those spectacular things that go with those things that aren't quite fitting in the box can't flourish. You gotta have this a whole package. Your kid is all, every human being is a whole package, good, bad, whatever. We all have stuff that we like to improve on. We all have stuff that we should probably be celebrating, but they they come together, you know, into who we are. And it's okay to, you know, not exactly fit in with everyone else. Not everybody likes to play soccer. Not everybody likes to to dance. Some kids like to do archery. Some kids find it interesting to play chess. Some kids, right? And I think we need to let them try things and let them explore and see what fits. I can remember baseball being like, oh my gosh, to the wall with baseball for years. And then my husband and I looked at each other one day and we're like, does he even like this? We're doing like 12 months a year, baseball. Yeah. And he was starting to complain about going. And we we just halted everything. We were doing baseball privates. I mean, because he was an 8-year-old on a 10-year-old's team. He always played up. And then, man, this one coach, you know, Chase was younger and immature than all the other kids on the team. And his ways became very hard and his words became very hard. Mm. And Chase's young mindset wasn't ready for that and then turned him off. But guess what? He Now he surfs and snowboards, right? Like, they find their own way. Oh, he was like a baseball prodigy as a little kid. He, was, he could hit a ball, catch, like, yep. as a, like, toddler. Like, yeah, two years old. It was old. unbelievable to watch him with baseball. He was, he, we thought for sure, like, baseball was going to be his thing. And we just leaned into, I mean, I, I, he, the kid could barely talk. And he would say, hit the bat with the ball and run. Hit the bat with the ball and run. And that's what we did over and over and over and over in the backyard. And then we'd have to go to a park because he was two and a half hitting the bat with the ball outside of the yard too often (laughs) and over the fence of our yard. And it's just, you know, my daughter says to me the other night, she's full-blown horses. Uh, We live at the barn three days a week. And she said, I think I want to play basketball. And I'm like, wait, are are you, wait, what? Well, I still want to ride three days a week. I'm like, so you're, we're going to add basketball to the schedule? But as a parent, you want to let them try everything. You want to let them figure out their way. I think that is important. He might come back to baseball in a different way so that it's fun for him right. and not stressful. Because I think creating distance is important. But he has a natural aptitude for it. So maybe he'll play like on his company softball team or he'll do it in high school or something. He'll, you know, he might come back to it when he's, you know, gotten through whatever that is. Cause he's really good. Like really good. He was really good. Like really good. And, and side (laughs) note, those mamas who are listening, I'm a, I grew up as a dancer and I own a dance studio and neither one of my kids dance. So we can, we can, we can guide them, but we can't, influence them to do what we want them to do or what we thought we were going to have a little ballerina and she was going to take ballet class and we couldn't wait for this day well she was a ballerina for a little while yeah for about five years yeah they, she was they so tried cute it. Too. and then they both looked at me and some and my son they both danced and they both looked at me at like six and seven and said yeah we don't want to do this anymore I was like okay well I didn't open the studio for you I opened it for me and then they started to lean into the things that they liked. 
and tried new things. But you expose them to what you love. So now yes. they know, they have experienced it, they've been in it, they can can understand, you know, sure. your whole mojo about your your love and your passion because they've had a chance to be in that world. Right. Like, I like music, and I played music all love growing music. up. Yeah, I played the piano. And I... I keep, <laughs> we got, we got Jack a left-handed acoustic guitar because he's left-handed and I am through the pandemic, I downloaded an app to learn how to play guitar for him and he just resists and he resists and he resists and I don't think it's, it doesn't have to be his passion or his thing, but my thing is do it for one year. And then you choose if you want to continue or not. But I want you to get through try just enough of a try yeah. as a child to experience what it's like to be able to play music and feel what it's like to play music. Because he's a very analytical, math kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he does have an ear for music. He, has, he does all the funny voices and stuff. He can mimic really well. So I know that he has... Uh, Something in there that he has an aptitude for sound. So, but getting him to do it is a struggle. And I I go back and like, why am I pushing him? It's because I want him to have this experience so that he can then make future decisions based on it. Mm-hmm. And it's like taking him to church when he was little. I wanted him to know what religion was like to go to a church to be a part of it and I had him do um we called it church club we had I had him go to one of his friends um like youth groups once a week for a year to just experience it in a different religion a different Christian faith and to read the bible and learn some stuff just so he had a basis for making decisions and being able to relate to other kids who are who have a religion or have a religious life or, or it's nice to believe in something to have something to lean into. And it is. So he is not, he does not like any of that. It's not his thing, but just giving him that, giving him the tools, giving him some tools, giving him some, and I made him take a hip hop class at your dance studio Mm -hmm. when he was a little guy and he did not like it. He Mm -hmm. did not last more than two months there, Mm -hmm. but I was like, you know, when you get older, you're going to want to have some moves. <laughs> Girls like moves. And when this is a good time to do it when you're a little guy. Right. To, like, have something to fall back on when you're a teenager and you take a girl to a dance. Right. You know, it's nice to be able to have that. So there, here are some tools. Yeah. Here are some yeah. tools. So that's kind of, you know, it, forcing your kids to do something that they don't want to is a tricky balance. It is tricky. you want to put them in a situation where they have experiences so they can have to make decisions. I guess it's just but, making sure you're not living through your child. Yes. There's that's a difference the of giving experience and, and trying to live through your child of something you wanted to do or be that didn't come to fruition. And now here you are as a mama with a child. But they got to be who they want to be. And we're not sure who that is. All we can do is be those... Be those bows that set the arrows and let them take flight. Yeah. we. I mean, recognize, like, paying, at, paying attention to your kid. Paying attention to what, 
who they are and listening to your gut. I mean, that is how you harvest your child's, you know, strengths, talents, all that stuff that's hidden underneath and develop and grow and nurture all of that stuff with them, for them. Because kids don't know the experience of what it's like to play music unless they have. They don't know the experience of going to a foreign country unless they have. They don't know the experience of taking a dance class or running in a race or, you know, having all of those different things, then they can make choices and sure. know what You're they feel them an good. opportunity. Something yeah. I wanted to share, my daughter has always said. So uh, let me take you back to my son when I said earlier that my son is like the carbon copy of me. And he thinks it's hysterical and he actually loves it. And he'll <laughs> like put a hat on and we'll like take a picture together. It's funny. But my daughter... From a very young age, everyone would say, like there was a period where she looked like me for a lot and there's a period she looks like her dad. And she, she, her response to that, when people say, you look like your dad or you look like your mom, she says, no, I look like Ava. <gasps> and Ava's always been very deep. And she has always recognized she's her, she's her own. And she's, she's always been really good. And she'll, she'll say to anybody... No, I look like me. I look like Ava. Yeah, I might look a little bit like my dad or I have my mom's long brown hair, but I'm me. And I think it's important to give your kids that those tools and that foundation of, hey, you might look like me and daddy or you may look like me and mama, but you're you. I love that. It, she... it, oh, it took my breath away the first couple of times she said it and... Because she does. She is. She's her. She is her. She is her own unique mm-hmm. soul. And her own she unique. honors and represents that everybody is their own. And to do that at such a young age, I think, is so important. Where my son, like, no. Like, that, that frontal lobe has not, it's just not there. It, 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 it has not connected yet. Where when you have, you know, again, moms, all, mamas, all these Every kid is different. You can have a set of twins and their souls and what they do are completely different. One may play sports. One may be an acrobat. One may. So we just need to nourish and and lean into letting them have their individuality by giving them experiences and opportunity and letting them fall on their face sometimes too, because that's a good thing. Yeah. As much as it hurts, you do need to let them fail and stumble and and you know that's how they know that they can otherwise as an adult man it's gonna hurt oh yeah we need to have we need to be able to know how to pick ourselves up from a very young age in order to thrive as an adult yeah yes and I'm sighing because I had an intern we had an intern once that worked with my husband and I, and her mother always took care of everything, everything. And so the training wheels never came off. Mm -hmm. The independence never fully happened. You know, have your own apartment, have a boyfriend, have a job. Right. But still, like, you just can't function totally on your own. And if you don't fail a few times, if you don't, 
things don't quite work out the way that you hoped they did. You don't see how you could have done better, how you could do it yourself differently the next time. If there's always someone behind you cleaning up the pieces and someone in front of you making sure everything's set up perfectly for when you enter every room of your life so there's no consequences and there's no challenges, then you can't navigate the real world. Yeah, you won't have any self-growth. Yeah. And I found myself, I, I had found myself doing that as a mom, especially for Chase. There's something different about, maybe it's because he was my first one over over Ava. Just, I've got so, Ava came along so quickly after Chase. She was very much like put in a seat to watch. And she observed everything. And she was quiet and she slept 12 hours a day. And she was like the magic baby because I had the polar opposite that wouldn't, I, we had to fall asleep with him. We had to nap with him, you know, until he was five years old. So it's interesting just that it's so true. Like I used to make sure all his clothes were right there. I find myself still doing it sometimes. Like, well, yes, I'm still doing the laundry and I make sure they have their, their uniforms for the next day. But there are times where I'm like, you get out your soccer stuff and lay it on the bed. You get, like, putting that responsibility on them. And I don't think there's ever a too early age to start giving kids a little bit of responsibility. No. Feed the dogs. Feed the cat. Yeah. You, you know, little things. Even a simple. feel accountable. A simple thing like your job is to pet the dog or the cat when they're toddlers. Like, Play ball. You, you need to, like, something that's doesn't need to happen but just so that they're a part of it and have some responsibility you know because everyone's a part of the family everyone has a job to make the family work the carpenter's notebook by mark lemon two years after his father's death brendan is staring down the barrel of a divorce he leaves his daughters in collapsing marriage to fulfill a promise his father made to his mother, and he discovers the answers he wasn't looking for that end up helping him with his own life. I reach for my tape more like a gunslinger going for a six-shooter rather than a timid, albeit middle-aged, apprentice afraid to do the wrong thing. Dean Johnson, co-host of Home Time, says home improvement is a thread that runs through many of our lives. Mark has woven it into a very rich and unique story. Brett Witter, publisher of Chicken Soup for the Soul, says a wonderful book about building both houses and relationships that is wise, touching, and as satisfying as a hard day's work well done. Like Chicken Soup for the Soul, it shows us that great wisdom is built from the material of everyday life. Check out The Carpenter's Notebook by Mark Clement on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and at bookstores nationwide boys boys are so hard yes i mean not being able to share with me as well as a girl can share with me right because you know my stepdaughter lexi she was a chatterbox constantly so i knew everything that was going on but with Jack, I always have to say, okay, tell me one thing that you did in English language arts this morning. Tell me one thing that happened at cross-country practice. Like, I have to get it into a defined area for him to be able to then share with me. Because he, he actually got a second-place medal at a cross-country meet a couple weeks ago. 
And I just found out about it a couple days ago. Aww. He got it, brought it home, put it in his drawer, and never showed it. it to me. And I was like, can you believe, what is this? That's awesome. Why did you not show it? And his friend Maggie was over when I found out about the medal. And I'm like, Maggie, who is an 11-year-old girl, would you have showed your mom a medal if you got a medal and brought it home from school? And she's like, yes, of course I would. Aww. And she's like, I would have told everyone about the medal. And yeah. Jack's like, shrug, I don't know, I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. It's just it's just another thing, whatever. You but know? you want to celebrate those moments as yes. mamas and let them know they can celebrate those moments too. Yes. And he doesn't brag to, like, doesn't brag so much he doesn't brag that I just want to, like, encourage him to brag a little just a little bit yeah, it's healthy it's healthy to be proud Absolutely. of your accomplishments yes. it's not healthy to brag but it's healthy to just say i did something i'm proud of and owning it and yeah. i think there's that in middle area where it kids, gets lost it gets lost and then we transition into adults and we we don't honor that in our space we have and then we, we get married and we have kids, or maybe we don't get married, we have kids. It doesn't matter. We become these mamas. And where did that space of honoring that that happiness and that joy in those little accomplishments and celebrations we do along the way, like raising a child, like carrying a baby in your belly for nine months, or adopting a child and taking them on as yours, they are huge, huge celebratory moments we need to give ourselves yeah I think that mamas kind of let those moments go and in compromise of that it's to celebrate the other people in your life right like it's putting it out the energy out to celebrate your kids your spouse your friends you know the other people in your life and saying you did great and you know congratulations whether it's in person it's a phone call text on Facebook, Instagram, like yeah. we're always congratulating other people with their accomplishments and giving shouts out to those that we love. But it's, I think like one of the things that, that a lot of women grow up with is that like not wanting to brag not wanting to say hey look at me I'm great well because I'm great in that middle school time (laughs) we were told that we were conceited or that we were bragging or that we were too much Mm. and we took that on as a negative having self-esteem and confidence and and celebrating moments with your friends that should be encouraged we should be cheering on our friends we should be a cheerleader for our friends and helping each other with advice and not judging and being able to to listen to the voices in your community is important but being able to follow your instinct and your gut and what your intuition is speaking that's your bottom line go with that no matter how much advice you get from others, like definitely listen and, and take the advice of moms before you because there may be something in that. However, if your intuition is telling you something is different or something is not right, always follow that intuition. Yeah. Uh, and be an advocate too. Like speak up. Don't just quietly go, oh, that's something I should probably mm-hmm. do. 
but speak up for yourself. Be confident in your mama language because I remember at Jack's one year appointment, I said to the doctor, I need to get some help with my child because and he was one year old. Okay. He was a little, little guy. I said, he is going, I know he's going to be fine academically, but socially he is going to have challenges. So I want to get started on that now. So by the time he's in middle school, he won't feel different than everyone else. Granted, he was one, one year old. And the doctor said, I don't see why you're saying this because he's fine. And I was like, no, I know that he is going to have social challenges. You felt it. And I, and I want to get on top of this now because the earlier we, I can do this, then more will be a part of him. Like he will sure. know how to socialize with other people. It'll be natural. Yes. And so, you know, the doctor was like, okay, you, you could like call, you know, chop, you could, you could do this, you could do that. So I, I went out of my way and got early intervention for my child. And he qualified for it because he didn't point with one finger. He pointed with his whole hand like a politician. So, which is actually the more polite way to point. Uh And they train people to point that way. And so I was like, fine, whatever, whatever gets him in the door, I'm great. He's behind with, he's behind with pointing. That's fine. I'm in. And they started coming to our house and doing sessions with him for socialization and behavior. And then through that process, they discovered that he did have socialization behavioral issues through going through early intervention and the intermediate and all of that. And he has an IEP now, but he needed that. And you followed your mom gut. Yes, And when they tested him in kindergarten for services, he scored all of the wrong answers for understanding other people's emotions, which I was not surprised because that's what I felt when he was a baby, that he was not connecting. For some reason, there was an obstacle there. But since then, he's learned. Right. He's learned how to do it. Yes. And it's normal to him. It's normal to him now. And he now... He has to think through things logically and scientifically, but he has the tools to be able to have friendships, to be able to be supportive of other people when they're having a hard time or applaud for other kids on the cross-country team when they're running. And Mm -hmm. back then, I was unsure that he would have those tools unless we pursued it. Now, my husband wasn't in tune with me on that he didn't think it was necessary and no one thought it was necessary but me mm-hmm. but it has paid off so much for him like he he is unlimited now where he would have been if I hadn't done that and I'm not saying that I'm a great person for doing that just I listened to what what my insides were telling me about my child and my instincts helped him. And so listen to instincts because, you know, whether it's a medical problem, behavioral problem, or it's like you can sense that your child would be good at something that they've never tried. 
just go for it and see what happens. Because the only thing that's going to, you know, good or bad is they'll have that experience. And then they'll be able to make other choices in their life based on having that experience. So can I ask you if you've ever celebrated or honored yourself for having that already always knowing gut feeling? No. Mm. No. Do you feel that you've kind of been hidden in the background behind with this? And maybe you're like, I always knew, but I always knew. And not that you necessarily needed to be heard. You did what you had to do as a mama and you advocated for your child regardless of how anybody else felt. You knew inside of you. You you should pat yourself on the back and give yourself a little honoring and a, a, some self-love about that you were able to recognize and align with your one-year-old on such a soulful level, on such a, a, a bigger, higher conscious level, you knew something wasn't right. And what ended up happening for Jack was he got all the tools he needed before it hitting the peak of him. If you would have waited, if you would have let everybody else in, in that was loud in, And you were like, okay, maybe I'm just overthinking it. Okay, maybe I'm just overthinking it. And I think a lot of us mamas do find ourselves, am I coddling? Am I overthinking? Am I, listen, your gut tells you, you run with it. And you did. And that's awesome. And you are a great mama. So you should definitely slap that badge on your heart and honor that space. Because if it wasn't for you, he wouldn't be where he is now. If it wasn't for you pushing for that and going outside and getting him tested and getting these people in your, in your space, then he wouldn't be where he is now. Okay. So this is why I love you because you're right. I don't celebrate that as an accomplishment and I don't celebrate my part in his journey and his growth, and his ability, and I do put myself in the background as his quiet, you know, not quiet, cheerleader, (laughs) because I brag about him way more than he would ever feel comfortable about, but I don't brag about my part in his success. But being the cheerleader, there's the word leader in that. You led him to that. That is true. And that is also part of the whole, like, honoring, honoring that whole mojo is celebrating it. And I have not done that part of that. I've done the, done the work. done the work. But I haven't done, I haven't actually said, yes, I did that. Yes. And it's okay to say, yes, I did that. And to celebrate these little Moments because when our children reach different peaks and different moments of, you know, achievements, whether it's in in sports or our academically or just in life, we were a part of that. True. Until they become adults and they're no longer under our 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 roof, it's even then like we were a part of getting them there, and that is what is so like harvesting the mama harvesting the mama versus the mom like we talked about in the beginning yes I did the mom I didn't go all the way with 
I haven't gone all the way with it because I guess in my mind, I don't feel like I'm done, but I think that that part is an accomplishment. Each step of the way is an accomplishment. Him being able, and you remember when he was little, he couldn't go to birthday parties. It was very difficult for him to behave um, because he didn't like cake or ice cream or loud children. He didn't like to be around other loud children. It bothered him. And how did that make you feel? Sad. It was isolating because we couldn't go to... If we went to a birthday party for one of his friends, we could only stay for a little while because he wouldn't want to be there that long. Even at his own birthday parties, he would leave his own birthday party to be by himself in his room. So we always had his party at our house. So he had the option of leaving his party whenever he felt like it. Because I didn't want to force him to, you know, be where he didn't feel comfortable because it wasn't, you know, I could have forced him, but I, I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do for him. He needed to feel like he could participate, and he did participate to the amount that he was able to. And pushing him further than that... You know, you met him halfway. Yeah, would be too Just much. even having the birthday party, I'm sure there was a little bit of anxiety around oh, that. Oh, yeah. Because you weren't sure which way Jack was going to go. Yes. If he was going to improve. But you kept putting those people <laughs> and those friends in front of him, in front of him, in front of him, with the option of an out. If you're done, you can go up to your room. And I think that's great because it gives these kids an option. He wasn't against a wall at a bounce house place. It's like we're stuck here for four hours. Oh, no, that would not have worked out. Because we went to plenty of those parties where he was like, no, I don't want to be here. Right. And even in preschool, he would leave the class and go into the school director's office and read books. Because he could read when he was just like three years old. That's so cool. It was cool in a way. Yeah. But... I, his pre-K teacher, I, when we ha- I had a conference with her. She was mad. She had a fit that Jack could read, and he was ruining everything because he could read. Ooh, ouch. Yes. Time for a new teacher. New that, that was very difficult. Um, that was a very difficult time, you know, to deal with that, that parent-teacher conference because she gave the example of, of she'd held up books that she would read. Kids, what do we imagine this book would be about from the picture? And Jack would read the title of the book. Like, he could read the words in the oh, book. Oh, man, she missed a huge learning opportunity. Yes. And As an educator, she should have been like, look at Jack. Jack, you can read this. Do you want to come up? And, and, and that would have been such a great opportunity to expose Jack to having that social opportunity by hey you want to read this with me out loud to the class yeah he was not celebrated for his abilities at all and even in early intervention when he would have tests and I remember one in particular where they were asking you know identify these shapes they brought out shapes these blocks and circle square what all that stuff and then there were other shapes on the table that they that were like pulled away from him and he reached for the other shapes 
And he said hexagon, octagon, parallel. Like he was naming he shapes. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. Those aren't on the test. These are the ones on the test. But he didn't want to talk about the triangle. He wanted to talk about the mm-hmm. hexagon. He mm-hmm. wanted to talk about... And they, he wanted the more complicated yes. shape. and He always went for the more complicated everything. Like, he's the one who taught himself to read. He's the one who taught himself the alphabet and his numbers and everything. And, and when he was one year old... And none of that had happened yet. I knew that I could feel that he was going in that Mm -hmm. direction. And it was exciting to see. But at the same time, he was so advanced in that way and so not belonging in the other way, in the social way. Trying to merge the two of them. Very difficult. Sure. Like when he had um, the test to count to 20 when preschool... The teacher asked me, how high can Jack count? Because she knew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he can count past 100. The goal was for the kids to count to 20. So she said she sat him down and said, let's start counting. And she said, one. And Jack said to her, no, I start with zero. Mm-hmm. And he was like three years yes. old. Yes, he's so, very mindful. So like, he stood up for himself. He, like, I have no question about him being confident in who he is. And what he knows and what he thinks, but you know, he wasn't, he did not click. And I kept saying, he's going, once all the kids grow up around him and kids become more predictable yeah. and kids can read. Cause he would teach, try to teach his friends to it's read like, when oh, he was like four years that. old. Like I'm going to wow. teach you how to read because it's frustrating that you can't read. Right the words on the game that we're playing and he had to read everything to his friends but as they grew up around him now it's more comfortable for him sure because they're not as like rambunctious running around screaming and yelling like they did when they were toddlers and he he always felt it always felt like he was such an old soul too did you ever find that some of the educators or babysitters or just outside influence that dealt with your child if they weren't a mama how different it was I always tended and I myself can tell you from running a dance studio for 16 years prior to being a mom I had nothing but kids around me all the time and I thought I knew I thought I knew Right, I thought I was, I was able to predict and to understand when I taught the three and four year olds, or when I taught the six to eight year olds, what the mindset was. And guess what? I only, I only knew like twenty five percent of it <laughs> because I wasn't a mama. And yeah. until you become, then you understand that no child is like another. Every single kid is unique. Every single kid has their own special goodness, and they can't all be treated the same. You can't put them all on the floor and expect them all to be, oh, so excited to read about this book. You're going to have one rolling on the floor. You're going to have one looking over here. You're going to have one reading the book. And then you're going to have the one like, oh, I can't wait to hear what Mrs. What Mrs. Miller is going to read. Yeah. Um, but... Having their own mind, their own voice is just a beautiful thing 
in and of itself yep. to see what direction they're going in and being able to honor that direction that they're traveling in and support them in their interests and their desires and as their, much as you can. And their failures. Yes. And we gotta let we gotta let that happen, mamas. We can't be writing their essays for them no. or or doing their homework. We have gotta let them learn. Well, I think that's the end of this episode. Thank you for sharing this time with us. We would love to hear from you and support your harvesting mission in your personal life. Share your thoughts, questions, ideas with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Harvesting You or visit our website, HarvestingYou.com. Until next time, let's put inspiration into intentional action and keep harvesting you. Are you looking for a new career? Would you like to take control of your time and also your income? Check us out at CardwellLife.com. That is www.C-A-R-D-W-E-L-L-L-I-F-E.com. Inquire today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 